Welcome back to the Circle of Salt, the podcast where we use our snark to protect the occult community from itself and others. I'm Rune Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you to make bad choices. I'm Felix Warren, and I'm here to pump you up. For more information about us, visit circleofsaltpodcast.tumblr.com. Hey, Rune, how was your day? <laughs> oh, you're terrible. Actually... <laughs> You're terrible. My day was fine. I got to <laughs> hang out with my best friend. We got to chat. It was really fun. I read her cards. It was fun. We had a good day. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was. It was a lot of stress, though, because it was one of my like year-long readings that I had to work like a day and a half to make work. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I still got to schedule one of those with you. You do. But That'll I, be fun. Give me another week. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'll let you, like, recuperate. Yes. Give me the rest of this week, please. Okay, week so. Week, recuperate. Yeah. And How about you? What was your day like? Uh, today, I finally started doing some spirit drawing again, which I have not really done in any meaningful, substantial way for, like, a really long time. Like, unless, you, unless you were drawing me. I actually kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> like I've managed I to it. crack out some commissions and some on purpose drawing, but just like the drawing is coming through and I'm like really feeling it. And like, I'm actually feeling spiritual forces at the same time and communicating with things and like, you know, all kinds of levels of magic and spiritual stuff that I tip- typically do with art. Like that's been shut down for months now and it's finally coming back now that like, you know, um, the years end resolved all kinds of things yeah Yeah. (laughs) your life has drastically changed for the better so you're saying that that your artist mojo is back so on a completely unrelated subject can i get you to draw like stuff for me only like i'm like a a furry and uh i also am my little pony and i'm also from star wars um you know you can do it for free but it'll be great for like exposure See, like, I wouldn't actually be able to answer your question because I would be back in the trenches arguing with you that if you're a My Little Pony, you already are a furry. Oh. Well, damn it. Okay. Yeah, so my my, <laughs> my semantics love would get me past ever having to answer that question. Well, that's okay. I love you because you're a pedant, not despite. Yay. Uh, so now it's time for our first installment, which I know our listeners are absolutely dying to hear so they don't hear us be ridiculous anymore thrilled uh, uh, affectionately called Hekas Hekas Este Bullshit today's dish of salt is brought to you by both of us and is entitled Woo Review Criteria for reasons you will know about very soon yes so we decided that we were going to do this segment on um, the criteria that we have for doing a Woo Review and for those of you who haven't followed or haven't listened to all of our episodes, God damn you. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> those of you who haven't really There's heard all kinds all of things that could happen to you. Right. Um, there, for those of you who haven't listened to all of our episodes, a Woo Review is a review of a product that Felix and I both have that we want, we like well enough to do this for. And we decided that we want to, you know, use our salt to liberally protect you all from any badness that might come from owning these things and encourage you to buy them and that kind of thing. So it's basically just like a product review. Uh, we, we've done tarot decks. We've done, what have we done? We did um, mostly tarot decks, right? 
Yeah, tarot decks really are a thing. We have a, the thing is we have a couple of them on our list that we haven't touched yet, but I don't know that we're necessarily going to get to it this year. Yeah, there's a couple of books that we we do want to both review, but like they're both really big, complicated, tough books for me to be able to read real fast. So and by read he means swim through because they really are thick. Um, yeah, anyways. like there, like I will say before we even get to things that are your fault, uh, when it comes to uh, your like uh, our, our criteria for woo reviews, there there's there's some stuff I simply cannot read within a certain span of time. Right, and there are some things that we want to do reviews for, but we just can't coordinate properly to make it work. So. If you want us to do a review for your book or your product, like your tarot deck, uh, emphasis on tarot deck, if you decide that that's something you want to get us to look at, which we love. Yeah, yeah, there's no time constraint when it comes to tarot deck tarot that I can so process fast. through, like, you know, I'm done. Yeah, tarot decks evening. are so fast. We love them. But anyways, um, like, or your magical product or whatever, or, you know, your collection of deviant art of the My Little Pony characters done up as the 72 uh, demons from the Goetia, whatever. Just understand that it has to be something that Felix and I both have, and it has to be something that we both like well enough to do this, because we won't necessarily like everything. Um, and we got a, a shipment of books from Llewellyn, and some of them are going to become reviews, and some of them are not. So it's kind of a gamble, but you know, we want to encourage you to send us free stuff anyway because. I do hurt. plan on uh, getting us a PO box, by the way. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I just, just I don't have that set up yet, but uh, when we do have it set up, I'll be able to give the address on air. Right. Just make sure, those of you who are listening who are interested in doing this, make sure if you want us to review your product, send us one for each of us. And yeah. um, also, please make sure that it is in reasonable enough condition that it's going to reflect what it will look like when people are buying it. Because um, I have a pretty good copy of this book that we're going to review tonight. Um, and Felix has an ebook copy of it. But um, and that's how we managed to get around our problem. Um, but we don't know what the final Kindle's going to look like, and we don't know what the uncorrected proof is actually going to look like. And we've already found some like discrepancies between like pages. Like yeah, they have different page numbers between yeah, like the different, different locations. Oh well, different locations, but whatever. Um, yeah. So it's a frustration, and so but it works out okay in the end. It's fine. Um, just. You know, make sure that we both have a copy that's going to reflect on what you're going to be distributing to the rest of the world. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, so, but we also have a couple of things that we want to remind everybody about. So the Woo Review is split up into four categories, uh, and those categories are the following. Uh, they're as follows. Uh, suckery, which illustrates how bad a product is literally just how crappy it is are there bad things if so how much exactly and we will talk about them under the category of suckery fuckery which is how difficult is it for us to get a hold of this how difficult is it for us to use it that kind of thing if there's like a customer service problem in there i would expect it to go under fuckery it does yes absolutely and then um then we have quackery how ridiculous is the maker of this to have made it the way that they made it so for decks, for tarot decks, that's going to be something like, um, the, like I'm I'm going to probably look at like Doreen Virtue's tarot decks, pretty side eye on that one, and be like, really, guys? 
I'm not really rating the creator with a quackery rating. It's more like to 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 take whatever it is that you put in this creation and use it as a belief system. How much of a quack do I end up being? Yes, exactly. And since this is Doreen Virtue I'm talking about, I'm like that's high. Uh, but anyways, for me, uh, anyway, so like how ridiculous would I have to be? How much of a cultist would I have to be to actually work with this? Um, how much Kool-Aid would I have to drink? And that leads us to the last category, because the last category is daiquiri. How fucked up do we need to be to get good use out of this product? How drunk? Exactly. How much do we have to drink? Now, I'm actually a lightweight, so this is a very loose category, and we almost never can agree on how much of this actually we would need to do. So our ratings are going to be drastically different. But yeah, it, th this is really more about like you know, how much do you, how much of a state do you have to to get into? <laughs> right, and like so, the like the easiest marker for this is uh, that old joke like one tequila, two tequila, three tequila, floor, because they're always on a rating of one to four. Anyway, so those are our criteria. And now we want to tell you a little bit about some things that automatically get a rating of at least one for our criteria. Because this podcast is being run by people who have opinions, and we really need to talk about some of these, because you're going to get an automatic rating of, like, of something if you have any of these things in your book or in your tarot deck or whatever. And so you're going to hear us talk about them and if you are sensitive for any reason towards these particular topics you should not try to get us to review your product yes especially since we're we're telling our listenership about these things because our listenership is like us yes so you you're reaching out to people who are like us so if your product is you know in some way alienated against people like us that's where we kind of start exactly so, the first thing that is going to always is, like, this is, like, the, the numero uno, like, like most wanted list, number one with a bullet sort of thing for us, literally on my bullet list. Um, if your book is written in such a way that it refuses to acknowledge the spectrum of gender identity... Or if it's particularly transphobic, um, cis-sexist, heteronormative garbage, um, it's going to get at least a one from us. And that's if it's really light, kind of implicit kind of stuff that just people haven't scrubbed out of their brain yet. So, and like, this is for both of us, but like, Felix had some things to say about this that I really enjoyed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I'm not sure which one in specific you had for for me to say. It's okay. Let's talk about it. I just, I in particular wanted to, to mention that this is important for you to know, not just because of like, okay, well, if you have something in your book that is not particularly um, trans friendly, then fine, you just won't submit it to our podcast. But what's what's the big deal beyond that? Um, other than getting the tremendous reach of our podcast. And it's that you will not be able to reach readers like me, and that includes quite a few readers. Yeah. Um, 
And like I in particular, whenever I run across like somebody saying, okay, well, if you know something is uh, shaped in a ionic shape, then it is uh, related to vulva and therefore is related to the female gender and you know, goes on. And right. like I'm a trans man. I have one of those. Exactly. And to me, it's not related to the female gender. And I need you to have a reason for basically saying that you know my vulva relates to the female gender because you're not here to talk to me about like my parts but also like i read this and i'm like okay well i don't know what to do with this are you telling me that i'm supposed to act as a woman in your system right are you telling me that like that that i can just take like transcend the boundaries of your system as however i want because my gender is basically a loophole in your system exactly so what you've basically done is you've created transgender kryptonite and um so now we have the bane to your system is that what you wanted like and that's the thing is that if you do not incorporate things like you know trans um other lgbt um and queer type stuff um if you like you know don't consider asexuals whenever you're you know building up your beliefs about how like you know a specific type of sexual universe relationship is universal um if you say like you know that the only way that you can achieve this one specific ultimate thing that you should specifically be achieving is if you have heterosexual sex then it's like well that's shitty (laughs) Right, and for you people know, who don't want that, and like for people, like if we're reading a classical text that's from like the 1500s or something, or we're working with a uh, like a deck of cards that was designed in in like you know 1902, then we're aware that people weren't weren't really savvy on the social issues that we're dealing with today. But this yeah, is, I can't argue with that dead author. Right, but this is 2018, and if you're writing your books for people who are living in like 1818. You seriously need to get with the times. I am not trying to say to you that you need to incorporate TVs and computers into your goddamn magic system. I'm saying that you need to incorporate the understanding that uh, that transgender and and queer erasure is a real thing. And just because histories don't necessarily talk about someone's queer identity doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, and, and like th- third gender and non-binary and like basically other things that are not the binary male and female genders because there are multiple of those it's not just that there's one gender that's non-binary like those are other people out there who if you are you have a system that says you know only male and female positions are like you know there in that system that only male and female is accounted for those people are not only just like loopholes but like what do they do and why like would... you basically haven't given them a place exactly why would they buy your book if you don't if they don't fit into it if they're not in there they're like okay so this is like not applicable to me and that's the thing like and if you're not sure like as an author um i understand what it's like to not be sure what the uh the the current status of a particular issue is um guess what you can educate yourself we have google you know i know that most people like to use the internet for things like well listening to us and uh and yeah. you know researching cat videos and things like that but you can also research issues that are pertinent to your subject matter and then find out about it um if you're not someone if you're working with something like alchemy and it's very male female gendered because it is actually it's very you know gender normative blah 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 um if you're working with all of that 
and you're trying to figure out a way that you're like, I don't know how this is going to apply to my transgender clients or to, you know, the the readers who are maybe like gender non-binary and they're not going to relate to it. Guess what? Rocks don't have a gender. Lots of compounds don't have a gender. They may be fine as long as you're not talking about everything is male or female. I find that a lot of alchemical and also like um, with a Q Kabbalic systems um, have this notion of gender attached, which is really just like taking something else that's a different paradigm and renaming that to gender. Right, exactly. You're just trying to retranslate it into, into like dumb brain understanding. And that in makes fact, sense. if you tell me up front in your book, like I'm using this specific paradigm for gender, I'm like, okay, got it. I know I that can... paradigm now, and so I know how to translate that. Right. It may still involve a rating of a quackery. But it might not be a suckery rating, which is probably more pointed. And it might be, like, the quackery rating might go up, but it might just be because we have to make mental gymnastics in order to make it work, which is a thing, like, for nearly every book on occultism I buy. Anyway, so do some research. Yeah, if you you purposely choose a system that specifically excludes trans people or non-hetero people, um, or for that matter, like, non-white people... Mm -hmm. um, you know that is specifically, that. you know, it, basically it's specifically excluding uh, a chunk of people from even being part of that system. Then, like you choosing that system, like that that decision is going to be put under suckery. Exactly, it's going to go under suckery. Which brings us to the next bullet, which is other kinds of problematic bullshit. And yes. you know what this is. You know, racism is bullshit. You know, it's bullshit. No one doesn't know that racism is bullshit I as in being racist is bullshit yes i don't yeah exactly i i i don't care if you want to couch it in some sort of nazi eugenics philosophy garbage and you're going to call yourself an ass true folkish person you're still a racist and it's still bullshit and you know you're bullshit so um we're not going to pretend that that's not a thing that's going to get a rating it's not just the obvious offensive racism that's going to come up and it's not just racism it's white feminism it's trans exclusionary radical feminism uh which by the way is not feminism it's going to be any of these kinds of things you're going to run into a problem with us we are going to have a problem with your book with your deck with your whatever we're going to have a problem with it we've already um done markdowns in in private conversation and probably also in various podcasts about various tarot decks that were like trying to be racially like diverse and failing at it you're gonna get a rating from us it's going to happen because our listeners need to know that likewise if you if your book constantly mentions the word karma and there's nothing indian about it if your book constantly mentions the word shaman and there's nothing sami or tungus about it or nothing that understands the actual principles and processes and is culturally respectful to that culture you are going to hear about it on this podcast so if these are things that you've written into your book and you just don't have another word we are sympathetic for you not having a word to explain the thing that you're trying to express but don't try to reappropriate a word that doesn't mean that and then ignore all of its connotations in addition it, it makes your book or it makes your deck problematic. It makes your product problematic for the people who use it. So don't do that. Yeah, and 
if you have like say a one of quackery it's not really a big deal you could also have a four in quackery and still have a great book that we recommend everybody get absolutely and in fact i look forward to the day when we actually get to review one of those and we've been talking about some so we'll get there but um yeah just because your book is crazy pants doesn't mean it's not also freaking awesome but, it depends on what it's about. And if it's, like, virulently, virulently racist, then we probably won't actually review it. Exactly. So, just, you know, anyway. Um, our we're we're going to feature stuff that we actually want to feature. It may have some problems, and we'll discuss those problems. But, like, we expect that our readers, readers, listeners. Our um, listeners. Well, they read the blog, too. Yeah, like, our listeners who will probably read things. Um, <laughs> like that they understand when they're reading like that not everything in it is going to be completely everything that you want it to be right exactly like and there's going to be stuff that you will not necessarily always be able to use that sometimes you're just it's going to be difficult and you're going to have to struggle navigating it you know right it's not all going to be like completely and utterly roses exactly but anyway we move on to the next bullet the third bullet is bad science okay bad Um, science exactly um, there are significant improvements in scientific thought. Scientific advancement has taken us very far. And I know that it's really tempting to try to imagine that the things that you are reading about in a scientific journal, an academic article, or even just a BuzzFeed article on Facebook, um, are in some way validating to the various um, mystical and Gnostic intuitions that you are having and revelations you're having from the angels that you see in your teacups. However, if you are not actually versed in a particular kind of science, don't use its term, monology, because science actually has meaning. We are trying to use it for things. And I have a major bias against people who do this. I have a major bias against people who use scientific lingo to define something that has nothing to do with it. This is people who fuck up quantum theory in an effort to try to explain magic. If quantum theory explained adequately what magic was about, then magicians would have an explanation for their magic already, and we would have figured that shit out already. There are like six people in the world who properly understand quantum theory. That may be an exaggeration. I don't know. But anyways, it's certainly not you. I'm sure that each of those six people thinks that they themselves are the only one person who really understands it. Sort of like most of the magicians who try to quote it. It drives me nuts anytime you start quoting something that you don't properly understand. And I know that you're going to argue with me. I know a lot of people are going to argue with me. This is not something that I can easily measure and maybe reading the book I'll figure out that they were right okay no actually I've been reading books on this subject since I was like 15 and I'm not impressed so like the moment you start like pulling the quackery in I'm gonna rate you down of a specific interest for me is the energy paradigm you will get a an automatic one from me if you have an energy paradigm addiction. If your book is so attached to the idea that everything is energy and then does not explain what energy is doing what in a fashion that involves chemistry and physics, you are going to get at least a one rating from me, if not higher. 
It's just something that bothers me. Um, Everything is energy reminds me of. What if all in the all of the air in the world turned to wood? Oh my god, oh, that's terrifying actually. But yes, because <laughs> this is a kind of metaphor that can come up in this situation. Anyway, I have an issue with that, and I don't like it, and it bothers me. So please don't do it. Um, don't send that to me and expect to get no rating in it. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. I've already told you not to do it before. And honestly, don't listen to my prejudices if this is how you understand the world. But do understand you're going to get a bad rating from me. Like right. you, 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 like he will put a one. He'll add one to his rating. That is what exactly. will happen. And he'll grouse about it a bit because that's what he does. Like you can't do the energy thing around Rune and not have him do a thing about it. This is just something you have to understand about Rune. Literally, it's not only like my students have inherited my bias, but so have my friends. They cringe anytime someone says energy and they see my face going, Aah! which is, to be honest, exactly what I wanted. So anyways, I move on. The last prejudice, the last bias we have in our in our rating system is towards bad metaphysics. Not everything is about intent. Law of attraction bullshit is especially going to get our attention. That is all of it bad metaphysics. Something about your metaphysics does not function properly. You did not do enough research. You did not do enough vetting. You did not do enough experimentation. And maybe you can't because you're a quack. That rates up your quackery rating. The law of attraction especially um, gets our goat because some people take the law of attraction to mean just like um, some sort of law about like, you know, like attracts like. But we're talking specifically about the, the law of attraction. Like that's an actual chunk of like it's a school of metaphysics. Yeah, the secret, the whole like science of mind nonsense. Yes, and that has a specific belief system set up around it that basically implies that if you're doing bad in life – it's because of something you're doing. Exactly. It's inherently. And I'm like, and so it's very insulting as well as incorrect. It is. And also, like, you know, potentially dangerous for PTSD sufferers. But whatever. Enough about that. So, yeah. Like, it, that is only one of many examples of what the fuckery are you talking about. So, it's going to get a higher rating from us. Don't. Yeah, and that's why it's going to get a higher rating. Yeah. And it, that's the thing. And, like, Felix is really, like, keeping me balanced on this because i have a lot of salt to dish about this it really bugs me when people produce faulty merchandise as you guys have heard me bitch about before um i just i want i want people to do better i i just want them to do better and i'll i'll say when it comes to the how glued together your metaphysics thing is like i don't think that you actually have to present the entire like every single topping the sandwich could have in the universe um, when it comes to how magic works in your book. You can just, if you have a book about just doing a certain thing, then if you're your theory is simply around that certain thing. You don't have to say like how magic itself works, right? Or your theory how, is sound, uh, or, it works. Yeah, what the meaning of life is, which a lot of metaphysics books that have nothing to do with that try to also give you at the same time. And it's like, okay, well, that that thing that you just did, that that was really extra. Um. <laughs> and like, to be perfectly honest, what we're talking about right there is my book because I do that, and I'm terrible about it. Um, I actually... your book actually gives a, a way that somebody could parse that out. Like you can, it's your book is modular. Well, you're... if we're talking about the the pack of cards book. Yeah, I am. Um, but like, like, see, Felix has a good point. Like, if your book is topical, and 
it adequately expresses the metaphysics of, of a particular topic in such a fashion that it doesn't require too many mental gymnastics for us to actually make it work, you're not going to get a bad rating from us. But if you think that the world works a certain way and you're wrong and we can prove it through our own experience, it's it's quackery plus one at least. Yeah, don't bite off more than you can chew. If like you can't back yourself up when it comes to how the reality works, then don't bother writing about that in your book that's about like y- yarn magic. Right. Ooh, yarn magic. That would be a good one. Everybody, get on it. Yarn magic. Okay, you heard it here first. Anyways, um, but none of this actually, this is all just kind of like proviso. This is stuff to, meant you to, to make you guys understand a little bit about how we tend to rate things here at Circle of Salt. This is not actually relevant per se to the actual review we're going to be doing, which yeah. is the, the book Sigil Witchery, by Laura Tempest Zakroff. This is the first review we're doing like that somebody sent us a thing and exactly. I like want to talk about how special that is. It like seriously um to Tempest, thank you so much for considering us and we really appreciate it and and we promise not to spill our daiquiri all over your book. Goodness. Um but I do also want to say to people like this is like the first semi endorsed thing. We weren't paid for it, but we did get free books. Um and that was really cool. And the reason we're doing this episode is because it really made us think we would love to do things like this. And so if we're going to do things like this, which we'd like to do, we need to kind of set down some standards. And also maybe remind people uh who send us their stuff that we're bad people. We are bad people with salt and snark and venom and vinegar. Well, maybe not so much venom. Remember that it will go through the categories that you hear us review things under. Yeah, we're not coming up with a new set of categories like sunshine puppies and, I don't know, like condoms or anything. Like, seriously, this is – they're all going to be done to this standard. All right, so – but anyways, thank you so much, Tempest, for um, getting in touch with us and letting us review your book. We really appreciate it. And without further ado, let us begin doing so. All right. So this particular book, uh, uh, Sigil Witchery, has an amazingly lovely cover. I love the print cover. Like, the actual physical substance of this book is lovely. And I know Felix can't really see it because he's looking at the amazing digital substance. I've looked at it in catalogs. Okay. It is very pretty. Yes, and actually the, the, the printing is really well done. It's done by Llewellyn, so of course you have to expect that the printing is done. I got an uncorrected proof, so I know that my version is a bit substandard for what uh, the, the publishing world is going to experience. Um, I also know this because I saw the actual book. Um, we just got our shipment to Pathways, and it looks great. It looks fantastic. I thumbed through it a little bit. Um, I'm pretty sure that the that there are a few things in this particular proof that are like, um, well, there's like a page that says art to come, and it didn't show up. So I'm assuming that they fixed that before they sent it out. There are a couple of places where they didn't, like there was supposed to be art in, and they didn't do it. But it's okay. Um, it didn't deplete from the reading of the book at all. Um, so... And the book, like, it was given to us for free uh, to do the reading, so yay. Uh, and to yeah, do... Disclaimer, we were given a free book in exchange for this review. Exactly. Um, well, we were given a free in- uncorrected proof. <laughs> I'm probably going to go buy the original, the actual book. But anyway, uh, this particular 
book is is very well put together. Um, Llewellyn has a tendency to do a good job with their printing. Their publishing is they 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 produce quality stuff. It lasts a long time. The uh, the words are well spaced. The fonts are not incomprehensible. Everything is pretty good. So we don't have to worry about that. So that quality check is taken care of, and there was nothing wrong there. Um, so let's start in with some of the categories, yes? Mm-hmm. All right. So the very first category is suckery. How badly does this book suck? Not very badly, actually, as it turns no, out. not very badly. Not very badly at all. Um, th- we can't speak for the quality of the final product because we didn't receive it. But in terms of suckery, on in terms of just material stuff, like the page quality and stuff, not... Like the words that are in the book. I can't tell you what, like, maybe the Kindle version is going to be like. Right, exactly. But um, the words that we have access to, uh, not bad. This book, one of the things I like the most about it is... It's a book on how to do sigils if you don't want to do sigils through some sort of traditional method that someone has already written about. It's a very intuitive method done by a witch. Um, I don't believe that this particular method will work for non-witches. I, I haven't been able to verify that one way or the other. but um, I think that it can, but... Uh, we could probably talk about this more in quackery when it comes to the method type stuff. Maybe. But in terms of just sheer suckery, it does not have a high rating for me because it did exactly what it says on the tin. It gave you a witch's method of creating magical symbols. Magical, like a, a sigil, for those of you who don't know, is a symbol that is a spell. A symbol that is a magical process or operation. Um... Sigils can be talismans, meaning they can be put into objects and, and used as a like an image that creates an effect, um, or they can just uh, be a, like a, a ritual symbol or a a sigil that that it might be a symbol that makes you think of a certain process that helps you do the thing. Um, there are lots of different ways you can use sigils. This book covers a lot of them, so it's it's pretty good. I will goes. distinguish this book definitely will not talk about the chaos magic methods of making sigils. Quite the opposite, actually. Although you will find that 95% of the book it's books on the market out there will that are on sigils will talk to you about the chaos me- magic method of making sigils. So I don't think that this is really a detriment of this book. Exactly. It was completely unnecessary for this book to cover that. And in fact, she makes a big point out of the fact that this has nothing to do with Spare's method. Yeah. So, all right. So we move on. Um, do do we have any more that we want to talk about in terms of suckery? Um. Gosh, like, cause like I feel like we'll actually home in on like what actually might have been suckery, cause we like I have like a suckery of one to rate this. I as do well. too. I have a suckery of one. Not, uh, okay. The ratings, so everybody remembers, are zero to four. It doesn't have a zero rating for suckery, but. Here's my thing. My rating for suckery on this is a one for a very simple reason. I am not an artist. I am actually not very good at it. And it's clear that Tempest is an artist. She is trained in fine arts. She's got an education, and it's a good one. And so she tells you things like artistic techniques, what kinds of pencils to use, that kind of stuff. And I have no idea what she's talking about. So it sucks for me to use this book. 
And so my prejudice on that being an unlettered peasant is that I can't use this book as well as maybe someone with an art education or even just a small amount of art classes. I, I literally have no idea. So that part sucked. But fortunately, I was able to get through the book with no problem. There was lots of material in there that I can play with. Uh, it's just those areas kind of sucked for me. Yeah, and my rating is basically for the same reason. I believe that the book will not work for, like, um, there's going to be a, a chunk of people out there this book will not work for when it comes to the, the method that's taught in this book. Um, because y you are dependent upon to, to pull a lot of intuitive leaps when it comes to um, aesthetic stuff and artistic technique that... Like, honestly, it's difficult for people who are not already familiar with doing art. Right. Okay. And, and I'm saying that as someone who is an artist, that, that that's how I, I, I read this book and I was like, okay, this is not going to work for everyone. It's good for crafty people. Well, and that was kind of my thing. Um, I didn't even realize that that was actually a thing. I just thought that I was being obtuse until Felix brought it up. And then I like he was talking about his own impressions from the book, and I was able to listen to him talk about them and go, apples, 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 apples. I have <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. And then I was able to go, oh, I have no idea what he's talking about because he's talking about the things that I don't know what she's talking about. This is an art thing, isn't it? Yeah, so if you are an artist, then this book, like, so it's valuable to me as an artist because I love reading about other artists' process. The problem is that I, as an artist and as a magical artist, already have my own method for creating sigils, and I imagine that a lot of other artists already do. They so do. if you already have your own method of creating sigils, and there are, are non-artists who already have their method, own method of creating sigils as well. Like me. Um, what's that? Like me. Yes. Then that might be this a, a, a is an interesting an case study. Yeah, it might be an obstacle for you, but yeah, if you take it as a case study, it might be easier to work. Yeah, with. it's like you know, this book may not teach you something that you don't already know how to do so much as give you some ideas on how to refine your process right. or some ideas like some steps that you never considered even taking. Right. Um, like I simply have not ch charted out um, a whole bunch of proto symbols that actually accord with different meanings that I could keep reusing consistently. I, I, I hardly have a, a consistent um, language of sigil type symbols that I use across my work. And interestingly enough, I come from a like several traditions of sigil making um, that are not spares. The, most of them are Norse. And they do have a conglomerate set of symbols that represent certain concepts that you can incorporate into like symbols or sigils just like these. And so that was my favorite part of the book. She has a thing for dots, a thing for eyes, a thing for hearts, a thing for diamonds. I was loving that. I was like, I make sigils like this. That's really cool. And look, she even says the thing. And you can put your own notes in there if your mileage may vary. I love this. So that was like one of my favorite parts of the book. Um, um, she teaches you how to make composite sigils. Okay, so do you, yeah. do you have more you want to say about that, or do we want to move on to the next Actually, I think moving on to the next would be good because I was going to say something that actually would belong in a different category. Okay. Well, and fortunately, fuckery is one of the easiest categories for us to judge here because there isn't any. 
I yeah, mean, it, this is coming through a major publisher, so you're going to be able to get it anywhere. Congrats. Exactly. Fuckery means uh, how hard is it to get? How hard is it to like apply? And um, it's not. It's super applicable, super easy to get. You can get it in a bookstore. You can buy it off of Amazon. It's super easy to acquire. And you should. Okay, next. Uh, so then we have quackery. Quackery is where things start to get a little iffy when you're dealing with occultists judging other occultist books. Because ain't none of us don't have opinions. Look, Rune, like, actually witnessed me get, like, kind of distressed because I disagree with how Tempest draws a circle. Frothy. I, I would I would say frothy. Yeah, I have a completely different method for drawing a circle, and I think mine is right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This book teaches you how to draw a circle, also teaches you how to draw a five-pointed triangle and a seven-pointed triangle, and if you don't already have a method for that... Five-pointed triangle? Sorry. Star? Five-pointed five star. Yes. Seven-pointed star. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> and you're so mad about circles that you can't remember what a star is. <laughs> okay, so yes, um, that's going to become like an ongoing thing, I think. Five-pointed triangles. Um, <laughs> it's like some sort of Aleister Crowley universe, universal hexagram type triangle. Perfect. I want a five-pointed triangle. Okay, so we move on. I, we need a sigil with a five-pointed triangle. Um, but anyways, yeah, so he he did. He he waxed poetic and lyrical about... Like, if you're an artist, then there's going to be something and another artist says that they do that's different than your process, and you're going to, like... Blasphemy! Like, <laughs> but it's like, but, like, I at least know... There are some artists who don't know that there's no actual reason to be upset there and it's just that certain moment of oh that's right somebody else does it differently and i can't even imagine how she's actually doing that right so that happened um all right so so that was part of some of the like i i think we both ended up with a quackery of one on this one yeah and, and some like of some of the because you're because you're an artist and you're like mm, see but i would do it this way and i'm better than that so i would do it my way yeah, and most of it is, is like the metaphysical stuff for me. Right. Well, and there's another thing there. So here's the thing. Um, I'm going to make a, a like a, a blanket statement about any of these kinds of books. I am actually friends with several of the authors that are writing witchcraft books right now. And so they know when I say this what I mean because we probably talked about it at some point the way that a lot of people write about witchcraft right now including my friends i don't agree that that is how it works at least not totally um i'm not a person who believes in the energy paradigm at all and most people use it but also that whole intent plus energy equals magic i'm i don't agree there's a lot to the study of magic that i have dedicated my life to and a lot of it is like it, it, there's so much more to it than that and there's so much different stuff going on and if you don't talk about that when you're teaching a witch's thing then I tend to figure that you either don't know about it or are making shit up so it automatically bumps the, the quackery rating up for me a little bit um, but unfortunately er, uh, but fortunately in this situation it only went up a one for me uh Tempest's book is completely usable by witches. It's completely I, usable. I did have one other reason for quackery and for suckery. Oh, um, oh okay. Do you want to share that now? 
Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and with that because go ahead. Um, it, it does actually factor into daiquiri as well, but you know, okay. it touches all things. Um, it's simply the gender stuff. Like, there's like a lot of gender attributions to symbols, and it's according to what genitals they look like, um, and that's useless for me. Right. Like, I, mean, I simply don't know what to do with it whenever you say that, like, a phallus that means that there's, like, going to be masculine energy in there. And also, like, I, in occult work, especially in, in pagan work where things get more religious, there is a lot of, like, prevalence for people to just leap and associate anything that looks in any way like a long, thin thing to be a dick. Or anything, like, an oval to be, a like... A vulva, and it's getting to be a little bit kindergarten. Well, and to be fair, I think that Tempest actually feels the same way because some of the things she put in there, she's like, "This is the way some people see this stuff." Yeah, she took apart like you know the the <laughs> like there's a, a a view of of what gender a star has depending on whether it's a, pointed up or pointed down, and there are people triangle. who argue about it. It's a five-pointed yeah, five triangle. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the gender of that five-pointed triangle is the real question, not how it has five points. Exactly. And but... and so there, there's like, you know, people have beef over this, and I have beef over the fact that they're, that they're, they're trying to gender give this poor triangle a, a gender. Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. It's so good. <laughs> but yeah, and so, she's yeah. over here going, but then they don't have a head, and I, I don't know. There's a lot of gender stuff that's put into this book, and sometimes it's, like, a bit cisgender, and I simply don't really know what to do with it, because there's no actual structure that was given about, like, how the author is using gender in her witchcraft, so I simply, I don't know what to do with this information. Right, and I kind of feel like what she was basically saying with that was, this is a thing, I don't know. But it's a thing. It's not really, like, I don't think she personally did it, but she might recognize that someone else might need it for something. And that's good. That's great if you're going to do that. But it doesn't really necessarily help the, the person learning. Unless they're going yeah. to use it professionally for clients by making sigils for their clients like she does. She actually expressed that she does a lot of this stuff for people. Um, then eh, it's not really going to necessarily help you. Um, because you you don't have to borrow from someone else's idiom when you're trying to work with this sort of thing, um, especially as such a stupid idiom like cisgender only heteronormativity. Yeah, anyway. and like there's actually um, at one point there was an exercise given very early on for um, a sigil for a trans woman. Exactly. Um, so she and, and she um, has a clear understanding of queer politics. She's actually. Um, very uh, vocal about that stuff. So yeah, and that's why I was actually surprised with like the like basically there's like genders there, and I don't really know what to do with that. Um, so and, there we are. And so I I encourage um, both pagan and metaphysical authors to think even more about gender. I agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, so, anyways, back on the subject of what I was trying to say earlier, uh, pretty simply, this book will absolutely work for a witch. She does not explain entirely why it will work, because she expects, like, the book sort of implies that you already know that magic is a thing. That's why you're studying it. So that I actually like. I also like the fact that she did not incorporate any religious lore into this book that I could see. 
Um, there is a bit of um, her North African heritage that's worked into some of her sigil style that she goes into. Yes. And she, she talks about that, like, specifically. Um, but it's not about, like, but it doesn't the have religious like, parts of it. Exactly. And it doesn't have, like, an almanac for that sort of thing. She hasn't turned her book into a reference book for her for her heritage. She's turned her Yeah, it's not into... some sort of like how to replicate this culture. Precisely. It's fabulous. I love that. The closest that she has gotten to really giving people like a a lexicon of cultural symbols is astrology and that's like everywhere. So I just I love that. She left it up to us to kind of go, well, if you've got your own cultural stuff, put some in. Um, and she also made it so that this stuff was still functional without being, like, directly connected to your specific religious tradition because she knows you probably have your own deal with that. I love it. This can be so easily plugged into whatever the heck it is you're doing. And that is, like, like my even f- with pop culture. That's, like, my favorite thing about witchcraft. Witchcraft is so versatile. It's so versatile. So many people make it more than it than it needs to be because they don't realize that some of the stuff they've already plugged into their magical practice is stuff that you that you can unplug if you don't want it. Um, so the, earlier you're like you were saying that like pretty much the only people who are going to be able to use this are going to be witches. Yeah, I really think that is true because and uh, and that yeah. is, that is specifically relevant to the understanding that. The, the various kinds of magic users who use exterior power are not witches. Witches use their own power. Um, you can use exterior power as a witch if you want to, but you're you're entering into the other practices. And these spells are not sorcery. These are This is a book on how to make your own spells as a witch. It doesn't have a power source or set of power sources hooked up to it, so it's not sorcery. It doesn't have prayers or, or um, rituals meant to supplicate to exterior forces, so it's not religious, which means it's not priesty. Um, and it doesn't have anything in here about the balance of elements or the the movements of nature or the movements of the stars or anything like that that would require you to understand like the rhythms of the world to make these sigils work, which means it's not going to fall into what I call second-tier w- magic. Um, so there's no wizard stuff in there. Um, it's really kind of perfect for witches. I love it for that. What I do think, though is that what it has there, you could easily combine this with any of those systems that you just Absolutely. described. Absolutely. I agree. And that is Like the... you can strap in a power source if you want to use this for sorcery. Exactly. And and it's that would really... be really easy. Or Yeah, or it's like it, the way that the book magic. lays it out is very like, in fact she actually talks about how to do that in a couple of sections. Mm-hmm. She talks about bringing in elemental forces and such. Exactly, which you could easily draw towards like in, including the gentry or possibly working with a deity of some sort or a set of deities or religious iconography. It's fantastic. It's yeah. so exactly what a witch would need to do. And so I found that to be lovely. I found that to be one of those things where I'm like, I wish people would write books like this more often. So thank you very much, Tempest, for that. Um, also, like, let's talk about how, like, it doesn't have a very high quick quackery rating because we said one instead of anything higher than that. Precisely. Um, so let's talk about why that's so low. There's a section in here where you can basically break down. Um, she gives you a bunch of different words, and you get to figure out um, your own symbols for them using a process that she's already described in the book. Like, I'm not going to tell you her whole process because that's in the book and you should go read it. You should buy um, it and then read but it. But there's, 
this is a workbook. You're given a chart that you can do this, like, yourself. Exactly. Um, and, like, you know, if you get uh, the ebook, then you get to, I guess, make it on your own. I don't – maybe print it. I'm not quite sure. But, um, you know, you're given this chart, and um, it's very – all very clearly, clearly laid out. I will say that bringing all of the symbols together into um, a very pleasing composition is something that may depend more upon your artistic ability. Right. Um, but that's something where, like, you know... Even that's a little streamlined. I mean, You have to bring... Like, this is about... This is a skill-based kind of craft. Right, and she gave various different, like, images that you can work with. I mean, she threw in some waves. There's definitely templates you could, that you you could, could follow from classically. this book. Right, but, exactly. But, like, a lot of the sigils are themselves templates, exactly. So you can come up with things. You can be like, oh, and you can copy her method and then improve upon it for yourself and, like, improvise and grow. If you're not an artist, which I am not, so I might actually have to look at that and go, oh. That's and I thing. encourage trying this and, and, and just playing around with it because one thing, like when I was starting to learn how, like my own method for crafting sigils, it was like doing things like this and then um, combining symbols in very random ways as I was thinking through concepts and finding ways that they combined that I simply hadn't imagined before. And if you just keep doing that, just playing around with it, whenever you just like have notebook margins, like, you know, just combining different letters and different numbers and stuff, just playing around with that, like you start to get an idea for like the different shapes that are possible. Right. Um, but you, you you can't really imagine them until you just sort of end up with them. You've got to play with it over time. So I like you know the 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 exercises she has in this book. I really encourage you to 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 do them and and to to go through the the work of doing them because art is always going to be something that you only learn how to do by doing it. Right. Well, and, and if you don't like doing it, then this is not something I suggest doing. <laughs> Well, and see, as a as a like a sigil worker, a sigil crafter who is not a visual artist in the slightest, I have to tell you, complicated sigils are like pulling teeth. It really takes a lot of work for you to get these things to work properly, um, and this book streamlines it so easily. The only things that I would want to be present more in this book, and it's not actually an issue, um, but remember when I said. I don't think that witchcraft actually works the way that a lot of the people who kind of come from this paradigm think it does. Um, specifically, one of the things that I tend to get like cross with is they don't explain, they don't give you a, a sense of what magic can accomplish because they literally just think magic can accomplish anything you want, but it can't accomplish anything you want. You're not going to lift off the ground and fly just out of nowhere. There's got to be a reason why these things work, and there's got to be a method to to the madness. And so that is something that is missing from a lot of witchcraft books that are written in this particular style, which is a very intuitive, organic, emotional style, lacking certain kinds of structure. I don't care what kind of structure it is, as long as it's something I can work with, although if it's not something I can work with, it actually gets a worse quackery rating for me than something like this would get. Um, because I can plug this into my practice and use it because I know 
that if I need to do a sigil for this and this and this and I need to stop somebody from doing something, that's a binding spell. She has worked a binding sigil into one of her things and talks about it. But she doesn't explain, you can use sigils for binding things or for protecting them. You can use sigils for conjuring something or sending it away. You can use sigils for, uh, for healing somebody. You can use sigils for cursing someone. She doesn't use those specific terminology and then break down how you would go about it. And for me, I tend to look for things like that. So that was part of my quackery rating, being a one. But it can't be higher than that because this is really a good book. Yeah, this is more of like a system for making um, magical. I art. consider this to really be art magic. Yeah, yeah. it's magical art. Because I, I like some of this, I don't do not consider to be sigil work. Um, I typically consider sigils to not be visually identifiable symbol based. Like there's a kind of a, a borderline there because some sigils have ended up also ending up being letters and stuff. Okay. Oh, and that, <laughs> um, that does tend to be a thing. But, like, you know, like, on the whole, I consider sigils to also need to be, like, a bit more simple and easily reproducible, um, which these do not really do. But this is one of those, like, things where I would, like, say it's a semantics thing. And actually, literally, it is. Um, I would like a little bit more focus on making, like, smaller, simpler um, designs simply because that's extremely useful to have. Um but like there's like the structure's already there for you to like figure out how to do it on your own. Right. So it's pretty po it's pretty well put together for that. Yeah. Um okay, so I think that kind of covers like the whole subject of quackery, do you agree? Yeah, like there's going to be some stuff that you like bump into here that you will like disagree with and like I don't know, isn't that like the point of reading books on witchcraft? I think so. Have opinions yeah. about them, try them out, see if you're right or wrong. You're gonna have an opinion when you read this book. There you go. And you're gonna like learn some stuff about doing art, which I think is like the most important stuff because like stuff on the actual method of doing art for mm -hmm. people in this craft, there's so little of it. I'm so happy that there's a book out there that's doing that. I agree, and that is one of the biggest reasons why I actually am glad I have this book, um, and why I intend to buy the the finished copy because. This particular book is talking about art as magic from the witch's perspective. And I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but the whole artist as sorcerer is a fairly tried paradigm. It's been a long time thing, but the artist as witch is not an explored paradigm really at all. And I like yeah. this. So um, we move on to the last category, daiquiri. How drunk or, well... How, how daiquiri are how we? How daiquiried are we? How daiquiri? In, uh, in, t uh, in order to read this, how messed up do you need to be? All right, for me to be able to make headway, because I have art shyness, I'm going to need at least a one, possibly a two on daiquiri rating. Um, for me, that also means because I don't drink, and if I, like, I don't drink very often at all, I especially don't drink when I'm alone, so... I'm going to need a friend to go over this with while we're both a little liquored up. Um, because in order for me to get past my structural pre uh, uh, prejudices, where I look for a structure, and if they don't have one, then I then I get all Virgo-fied about it, then, um, like, 
I'm going to need to have some social lubricant and I'm going to need someone asking me questions that will allow me to think. So I'm going to rate this a two, one for me and one for my friend. One for you and one for your friend. Yep. Okay, I see. I see where this was going with the group thing. All right. Um, Daiquiri, I had to start at one. Um, because, like, I, I bumped into enough gender stuff early on. I, I, I recognize that as a trans person, especially, like, if you're a trans person in certain situations, such as being early transition or just being in a certain intimidating situations, um, when gender stuff starts coming up in a regular enough pattern, you start waiting for the hammer to fall. And so there are certain times where I, like, got more worried about gender stuff in this book than I had to. But I didn't know that until I read the rest of the book. Right. Um, and so, like, that's one reason why, like, some I will seem more jumpy about, like, gender stuff in this book than really se might seem warranted. is because there's really nothing bad in here. It's just that, like, there's a few places where I'm like, okay, well, you say that's shaped like a dick, and so it's attributed to men. But, like, I, like... Well, personally, I'm dealing with some things that that does not right sit right with, so um, that's like a whole mental thing that I didn't really feel like going through, but I had to whenever I read that bit. But other people didn't really have to think about that. So what you're saying is, like your first rating is, I needed a little booze so because I drink to forget. I basically had to kind of drink myself through a bit of some of stuff in here. Um, now, when it comes to employing the actual method of magic um, that it teaches, like how much daiquiri do you need, <laughs> um, it will depend on who you are and um, how much of an artist you already are um, and um, kind of how, how, how easily you get inspiration. Um, because some of this is going to involve your manual dexterity and actually being able to draw, though, like, it's very, very simple symbol library, like, involving, like, the very basic sort of kindergarten symbols, like, you'd be surprised what you'll be able to draw. Um, but, like, some of it's going to involve leaps of inspiration that you just may not be able to make. Um, which is kind of where it's the, the cutoff between, like, you know, being an artist and not being an artist. Right. Except that I have gone to an office retreat that taught everyone that more wine means more inspiration. Um, and many people were able to produce an entire landscape painting that never thought they could ever do that. Um, <laughs> so if you add daiquiri... You can bridge the gap between non-artist and artist. The problem is whether you have to add enough daiquiri that the person will fall over onto the floor, which is daiquiri four. Right, exactly. You seem like you would probably be a daiquiri four. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the way you've been talking about, you like, know the, 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 this sounds like art. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, so you'd be a daiquiri four, whereas yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I could actually do this with zero daiquiris, but I would prefer a daiquiri. And there you go. Just because if I'm going to have a daiquiri, why not? So we get to, but I wouldn't need to. We get to grant this this daiquiri rating the magical Julia Childs rating, which is daiquiri as, as needed. <laughs> All right. And I kind of feel like that is good. We've kind of wrapped up that review pretty neatly. I like, I like seeing how this book 
broke down in sigil alphabets. I think that everybody should um, like look through it, um, like and like see what it can offer you. Like if this is in any way like something that you're trying to do right now, yeah, go ahead and get it because this is gonna be great for you. Yeah, this is definitely um, invaluable if you are actually doing art magic. Yeah, and, and if you're just interested in any kind of art magic whatsoever, I'd say go ahead and pick it up because it's there's, like it's always awesome to see another artist um, talking about their methods for doing magic with their art. And there's going to be, if you're an artist, there's going to be some stuff in this book that you understand that other people are not, which will make you feel special and cool. Uh, yes. Instead of just poor and neglected. <laughs> <laughs> Skillless and without talent. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for our divination segment, a.k.a. Celtic Crosshairs, uh, where we show off how awesome we are by answering questions using divination systems that we just came up with. Because we're That's awesome. right. <laughs> but first, Felix has some information for you, and you don't even need an art degree to understand it. That's right. Hey, everyone. I um, want to give you an update. Um, we skipped the first podcast episode of the month because of post-holiday exhaustion. And illness. Um, I was sick. Yes, and illness. Um, and so what we're going to do is just have this podcast go out, if not tonight, it being Monday night on the 15th right now. Um, the 15th. The 15th. Numbers. <laughs> The blurteenth. Um, <laughs> it will probably go out on Tuesday the 16th. Um, and then we'll have it go out either next week or the week after that. Look, I'm live on the air going to decide that it will go out on the 29th. Okay. Um, which will be the fifth Monday of January. So, And then after that, we'll res- resort to the regular resolved to the regular schedule we had quite a lot of sicknesses this month actually kind of overlapping yeah it was kind of crap so but um that is what's been going on um as you know this podcast is recorded ahead of time sometimes it's a day ahead of time as is today um and sometimes it's a month and a half which will probably be the next episode we put up it has probably been sitting around since november honestly it really really has just, just waiting to hatch <laughs> That's the episode on secrets. No wonder. No wonder it was keeping itself a secret. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, maybe something else will happen and it won't actually air. <laughs> oh, oh. Anyway, God. so that's uh, that's what's been going on. If you um, want to know what's going on with the podcast, you can go to circleofsaltpodcast.tumblr.com. Um, and if you want to ask questions for the Celtic Crosshairs, you can go to circleofsaltpodcast.com podcast.tumblr.com slash ask yes okay so and now you have our news so um we are going to do justice to the sigil witchery um by using sigils to do divination okay and so the system that we're going to be using uh to read with sigils is we're going to I'm going to use runes because I use runes for everything except I don't use them often enough and so I've been doing that a lot and I am okay with that but runes are sigils so I'm going to use them and Felix is going to draw something and he's going to interpret what he draws because he has spirit sight and it's really rather cool to watch him do the spirit artist thing 
I have spirit sight. That's not really how I do. No, you are a Scorpio. Thing, but I'll talk about what I'm Scorpio doing. You're a Scorpio and you're it. very psychic. I am not a Scorpio. <laughs> for one. For <laughs> one thing. All right. So, but what we're gonna do is he's gonna draw, and I'm gonna draw a rune, and we're together by our powers combined. You know, we are Captain. Yeah, Planet. we're both drawing just in different ways. Exactly. So. All right, so let's go with our first question. Now, our first question is by someone named Racing Round My Mind. And the divination question is this. I often dream of running, despite being barely athletic. Me too, hon. Uh, even then, my go-to activity is swimming or roller skating. It's not just a recurring dream, but a frequent theme. My dreams are often vivid, and I've woken up reminiscing the exhilarating feeling. Any explanation on what it means? Much appreciated. And there we go. Um, you know, hmm. before we do the divination part of this, I am going to say uh, dream interpretation is usually based on the person's personal experience with it. Um, emotions are often involved, but running specifically as a sensation that's not running away from something usually is involved with, um, I've experienced it to, like, I've encountered people who've done this sort of thing, and it usually involves with spirit travel. So that's kind of interesting. I'm curious what the divination will actually say. All right. Yeah, let's see. So Especially if you can, like, get over things, like if you jump over buildings and stuff like that. It's spirit travel. Okay, so what do you got? Are you drawing? Let's see. Yeah, I want to talk about how I draw. So I kind of like take the question and like this one, because the question kind of zoomed back and forth, it's a little bit harder to catch this one. It's kind of like taking a question and constraining it into a sigil and then... Bind it into a sigil. Oh, make sure that you include some uh, five-pointed triangles in there. Oh, well, I've already got quite a lot of pointy triangles in here. There's <laughs> all the points that you need. Um, it's quite a snarly thingy. Get a bike. Um, really? Like, so it, it it looks like the spokes of a bike gear. Oh. Um, and I think that uh, if you wanted to replicate this feeling consciously without having to go running everywhere, which don't we all not want to go running everywhere um <laughs> then uh a bicycle would be a really good way of doing it um getting the wind in your face sort of way um i don't know i kind of like the idea of being able to run again because i am a fatty mcfat ass now so i like i i think that like if you like it wouldn't be the worst if basically you ran again I but i like don't really know what is going on with your life and I'm still kind of following this drawing it just keeps on going in a circle and a circle and a circle and a circle which is kind of interesting but I'm going to stop it so um maybe that means it's done something cyclical you need a bicycle um bicycle bicycle so um my... no there is something cyclical that's going on oh, okay so something cyclical going on so, like this person is repeating a cycle it, it, it kind of sounds like you're running in a hamster wheel. Okay. Well, um, so racing, I'm going to go, it's interesting, uh, racing round my mind, that is actually kind of funny. I mean, 
Uh, I'm gonna. So the rune I drew was Manas, and it has to do with evolution and growth and things like that. It also has to do with mind stuff, so that's entertaining. But specifically, what this is saying is your your psyche and your body are both trying to get you to do something to improve yourself. So you can take that as motivation. Um, and I'm gonna combine it with uh, with. Felix and, and suggest uh, maybe it is suggesting that you actually try to do some of this stuff not just physically run like I'm not athletic either so I would not suggest that but I do like his bicycle suggestion especially if you use it as part of like a moving meditation type deal and try to ferret out what it is that you're experiencing with all of this if you're spirit traveling though and I do have to warn you if you're if you're spirit traveling don't mix it with your exercise unless you know what you're doing so basically, amateurs do not try this at home. Yeah, I have combined spirit travel with bicycling through town, and it can be quite an adventure. Um, you have to really know your territory. Yeah, so be careful. Okay, Yeah. but it could be a cool thing if you can figure it out. Um, and you could just start by walking. Um, walk a circle around your block. Give that a try. Um, I don't see anything other than that in terms of mystical orientation, except there's something about putting things into the right order so that they can grow. So that's all I've got. Yeah, I really just like the the get a bike thing just came out as a flat thing, and otherwise I just see that you're in a rut unless you go forward. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. so let's look over here at a question from Sebastian the Cat God. So he wants to know how successful am I gonna be? stuff about his artistic goals that he set for himself excuse me set for himself in 2018 okay hmm is it another bicycle how successful am i going to be like hmm you can do you want to go like three years first sure mine's going to draw itself for a while okay i got ride though Rytho says you're going to get a lot of practice and you're going to be probably getting into a pretty comfortable and smart routine with it so that's good um, it does say focus on um, on skill and on technical excellence when you're doing this because uh, the intuitive part of art is not the, the skill the intuitive part of art is the vision so that is what they were saying. Hmm. So what I'm seeing is um, now success is something that's really ambiguous whenever you say like how successful am I going to be? Right. But I saw you were talking about your artistic goals and the answer that I'm getting from my paper is a little bit different than the question how successful am I going to be? Okay. It's more about if you want to be successful, what to focus on. Mm. Um, and this is basically saying a very detailed project that really challenges your skill level, but is still uh, short and self-contained, like something that could take a couple of weeks. Try something like that, and then see how you feel about that, and then go from there. Hmm. That makes sense. Because then you, well, for one, you can be successful at something because you set something that one you, you can succeed. Um, so set 
set up a project like that um, and then keep um, if you want to like make a, a bigger goal after that then then start doing that um, if you want to just keep doing more of the same then do that but then you'll kind of be able to script your own success yeah that makes sense this is actually, yeah well I like should do that myself I was gonna say this is also working pretty well um, all right so then we have one more question from library lady and she says hey y'all this is a question for a future tarot segment uh, which is now um, is my boss future is now the future is now we're, we're speaking to you from the future um, is this oh, is my boss going to stick around for the next three or four years or is she planning to leave slash retire so you had a, a okay about this I do um so, library lady, I think you're awesome. I love you more than my luggage. Um, that was two questions. I'm going I'd to answer the second question because it will answer the first, and that was Felix's advice. Yeah, that was my my preference because that's really what you want to know, isn't it? <laughs> right. So, is she planning to leave slash retire? Well, she's planning to slash, but I don't know about leave or retire. Are you, like, hearing what's happening on my page? Yes, I hear the scribble-scribble magic. I figured that it was actually very audible. It's so very audible. She's not planning to retire. Okay. So, I have the Tivaz, which shows that she has sacrificed herself to what she believes in already. And she will do what is necessary. So I'm assuming your, that means she's she's in for the long haul. Your rune is kinder than my sketch. Is it? My sketch is saying that she's going to sit around like a big hippo. Wow, your your pen is mean. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's because these are the knockoff copics and not the real copics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do, um. So, library lady, please don't tell your boss that that Felix's pen, that. Felix's pen called her a hippo. <laughs> like, what I get, what I drew from what I draw was that, like, this person is not likable. Oh, dear. <laughs> that, 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 that's what I seemed to gather. Um, don't wait for, for this person to go away. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, um, if that's the case, if your if your context is saying that this person is an undesirable, might I suggest using Tivaz by imagining it glowing on her forehead and then hex her so that she has to speak the truth and nothing but the truth at all times? I've used that before. It works really well. So, all right, that actually kind of covers most of what we've been doing, doesn't it? That's that's us yeah. for, for the day. That was the last of our questions too. So oh, that was the last of the questions. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, because I was starting to wonder, like, what is the other one? Right. So, so that's it. That wraps us up. So thanks as always to Sharon Knight and Winter for the intro and outro music. You can find their music at SharonKnight.net. Uh, that's K-N-I-G-H-T. Uh, it's freaking awesome music. You should buy all of it, just like I did. Uh, all right, Felix, say bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>